I would like to share with you the scripture for our service this day. It is taken from Philippians 4, 1 through 9. If you're using the hymnals there before you, the regular print is page 1231, and the large print is 1829. There were some strange little names in here, and I googled them. And they had several different options that you could use, and Brother Neil even offered his advice. And I took the one that I could wrap my old tongue around. So I'm going to act like I know what I'm doing when I say those, so y'all just follow along. And if you have a different, you just go right along and say it in your own mind, okay? Beginning with the first verse. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown... That is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Euda and I plead with Sundaki to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my, my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. May God's word bless our hearts today. go to uh, one of these well, let's just say like Target or most, most anywhere and you buy a piece of furniture or something and uh, instead of taking home a piece of furniture you take home a box right and in that box is supposed to be everything that you need to put it together now how many of you are like me and think that probably the, the little instruction manual that they have in there is not worth the time it takes to read it <laughs> alright I thought there'd be about half of us <laughs> that would say, you know, I don't need the instructions. I can figure it out. This isn't rocket science. <laughs> I hate instruction manuals, you know, but sometimes if you go it without the instruction manuals, you run the risk of ending up with something like this. Oops. <laughs> I thought I got a kick out of that. Oh, man. You know, that's, that's not the only thing we do that with. Sometimes we take a recipe that someone gives us and we, we glance at it and we say, oh yeah, I got this. 
and then uh, what we take out of the oven is not what we thought we put in the oven, you know, <laughs> or uh, or a map, you know, you glance at a map, or a friend tells you, you know, here's how you get to my house, and you say, oh, I know where that is, won't be a problem. <laughs> Famous last words. Uh, or we can definitely all, uh, I think, get on, on board with this one. Your spouse tells you, when you come home, don't forget to get this or don't forget to bring this or don't forget to do this and what's the one thing you forget that day <laughs> it'll be that we've all done this you know we've all had a boss whether it's the boss at home or the boss at work that gives us some instructions and we just don't come through and we can all relate to that so uh, even if you're not a Christian here today with us and you're just kind of trying to figure this whole thing out, you can also identify with this. And so you might also cut the rest of us that are Christians a little bit of slack sometimes when we don't get it all perfect when it comes to our faith. And a lot of times we Christians, we take a lot of flack for not living what we say we're supposed to be believing. And uh, while it's true that we need to be at work on that, and that's the subject of our message today, you can also identify with us a little bit that sometimes the best intentions get lost. Is it not so for us as Christians? I mean, we hear a message on Sunday morning, and by the time we get the first NFL game on the TV, we've forgotten what the preacher was talking about. Or we do our devotion in the morning, and by the time we get to work, we pay it no heed. It seems to be this vicious cycle sometimes where we read the truth or we get the truth or we get instructions from somewhere and then we fail to live it out. So what we are going to what we read in Philippians and what we're going to share about that today deals with that struggle that we all have struggled with and leaves us a great tip on how to get out of that, break out of that vicious cycle. So we're going to get to that in today's message. We're continuing with a series in the book of Philippians. And we've shared how this book isn't, wasn't originally a book, it was a letter written from the Apostle Paul to a church he had founded on one of his missionary journeys in a city called Philippi. This was a city in a Greek region, but it was a Roman stronghold and Christianity was not particularly popular there. The Apostle Paul was persecuted for sharing the gospel when he went there, and the church that he left behind continued to face opposition and even suffering for their faith. Even so, they stayed faithful, and this letter was written by the Apostle Paul as a thank you and as a note of encouragement to the church in Philippi for running their race strong. And in this letter, he gives them some reminders about how they're supposed to live their lives, but he also says thank you, and he encourages them along the way. And so far, we've gotten through most of the book, most of this letter. And we've read that over the past weeks that we should make the gospel our priority. That was the first thing we talked about. We were challenged to take on the same attitude of humility and servanthood that Christ Jesus himself took on. And more recently we talked about the motives of our faith. 
that our faith should be motivated by love and not by fear. That we should pursue a relationship, not just religion or legalism. And this week we dive into the first part of chapter 4. And we'll save the last part of chapter 4 for next week as we wrap up the series. But in this first part of chapter 4, well first off, where did they come up with these names? I mean, some of these people should have lived in Washita Parish, right? <laughs> I was talking to someone on the phone the other day that uh, told them that for some reason they asked me what county we were in or something. I don't know why. But uh, I told them Washita. And then I thought, you know, I better tell them how to spell that. And sure enough, they had started in spelling it with the W and <laughs> as it sounds. But anyway, then Paul gets into just a whole heap of just what seems to be a hodgepodge of randomness. I don't know if you noticed that, but every verse seemed to go off in another direction, you know. First, he asked them to be unified, to set aside the disagreements that were taking place between these two women. And he asked the church to come alongside him and to help him get back in agreement with one another. He said, look, we, we are together on this. We're on the same team. We need to be acting like it. Let's reconcile these two people so they can be at peace together. Then, so that's, we'll call that unity. Then he encourages them to rejoice, to take joy. Joy. Aren't these Christians, as we just said, facing suffering for their faith? And yet, not only does Paul say to rejoice, he says, and again I say rejoice. He says it twice. And usually if someone not only says it twice, but points out to you that they're saying it twice, <laughs> means do it. Then he says... Let your gentleness be evident to all. Okay, so they're, they're beating us up, but we're supposed to be gentle. Okay. Yes. Next, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Are you kidding? <laughs> yep. Instead, we're supposed to pray about everything with Thanksgiving, not, not that we're supposed to be thankful for everything, but that in every situation we find ourselves, there's something we can express gratitude for to God. And so we should be thankful in every situation. There's, it's amazing how thankfulness seems to do a lot for our worry. And so does peace, which... The Apostle Paul says God will give us from his spirit the kind of peace that defies comprehension if we'll do what he says here of praying instead of worrying and being thankful in every situation. Then, thank goodness, he says, finally. <laughs> Seems to get to the end of his list. He's packing a lot in here and he says... Finally, think on good things, true things, noble things, etc. 
Think about those sort of things. And he doesn't say rather than, but it seems almost implied. Like he's saying, think on these things. Don't think on lies. Don't think on immoral thoughts. Don't let those perverted or despicable or even just worthless, what's the point kind of thoughts occupy your mind. Instead, think on the things that are good. Think on the things that are excellent and praiseworthy, that are right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like I said, that, that's a lot that he packs into this small little section and they seem kind of completely unrelated. He's just shooting this off and then that off. And I, I sat back there in my office with this and I thought, what in the world is the point? I mean, this is all grouped in in one little section of this letter. Something has to tie it together. The first thing that popped in my mind was the fruit of the Spirit that we studied not that long ago in the Holy Spirit series. And if, if you missed that one, you can go back online at cypressstreet.org and click on Listen Messages and look for the one titled The Fruit. Clever, right? <laughs> but you'll read there in Galatians, a different letter by Paul where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit and he talks about those things being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it reminded me a lot of, of this, except this is very practical. You know, help these women get back together on a right relationship. Treat everyone gently, so forth. Like I say, that was the, the first insight that popped into my mind. But that's because I like to try and do things the hard way in my life. <laughs> and it turns out what they have in common was staring me right in the face in the very next verse. Verse 9, the last one that we read. And Paul says, pretty obviously, that whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice. In other words, hey guys, you know all the truth that you've learned? Try doing it. <laughs> In other words, get busy with the doing of believing. You, the, the things that he listed in that passage preceding this weren't news flashes to them. It was stuff they'd seen him live out and stuff they'd heard him teach. He says, put it into practice. Now, we are all faced with the question, and this is on your note card if you want to fill it out. Am I putting what I believe into actual practice? Or is it like so many other areas of my life where I hear instruction but often fail to heed it? Am I putting what I believe into actual practice? Now, I promised you a great tip for breaking out of this cycle of 
hearing but not doing. And here it is. Brace yourselves. Just do it. <laughs> Some of you are probably about ready to walk out now. <laughs> this sermon was worthless. <laughs> Why did we come today on this rainy day for him just to tell us, just do it? <laughs> but honestly, we get this concept in every other aspect of our lives. Think about something that you're good at. And you've got something. Don't say, I'm not good at anything. Everyone's got something that you're good at. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's hunting or fishing. Maybe it's making other people feel better. Maybe it's making other people feel worse. I don't know. Playing an instrument. Teaching, reading, finding great deals on clearance. We've all got things that we're good at. Now ask yourself for a moment and consider, how did I get good at that? And I can promise you, if you think about it, you'll realize it wasn't a class you took. It wasn't a book you read. It wasn't even watching someone else though all those things can help the way you got good at whatever it is you're good at is you just went and did it (laughs) and at first you probably weren't great shakes but you kept doing it and you kept after it and now you can sit there and say you know I'm I'm pretty good at that but it's because you did it probably for a long time So what fooled us into thinking that our faith is any different? There's a verse from a letter that we believe was written by a guy named James. James shoots straight with people now. (laughs) He doesn't mince words. And here's what he said. Don't just listen to God's word. You've got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Gotta love that guy, James. (laughs) Maybe someday, if if we think we can handle it, we might tackle that letter in its entirety. (laughs) But it's full of little statements like that that are kind of like, oh, yeah. You're kidding yourself. Because... You're letting yourself think that you're a person of faith even though you're not actually being a person of faith. This is like if you said, I'm a fisherman, but you don't fish. Or I'm a farmer, but you don't farm. Or I'm a teacher, but you don't teach. Or I'm a hunter, but you don't get the point. Oh, I'm a Christian, but you don't... You don't do it. So we've got to stop kidding ourselves and just do it. We have to determine to actually do the stuff we learn about. Because see, for most of us, our learning sometimes outpaces our doing. 
And we live in a day and time where it's really kind of unfair to us because it's so easy to access God's Word and to learn. A lot of you, you know, I see you on Wednesday night and we learn together. And then you come to Sunday school and you learn and then you come in here and you learn. And we learn more than we can even put into practice in a week because we, we have access, we, we've got our Bibles with us. In many ways, our learning has outpaced our doing. And the way to fix that is to just do it. Think about it. Is this is, again, you know, you can think about the other areas of your life where you're good at something. You had to make up your mind just to do it. So it is with our faith. And consider some of the things that, that Paul said to the Philippians in this letter. Okay, I'm supposed to be gentle to everyone. Alright, well let me think about this for a second. I've got, uh, who, uh, who am I being harsh or rude to in my life right now? And what would it look like for me to be gentle instead? And then try it. Fall flat on your face and then try it again. <laughs> this is how we get good at everything that we do. Or, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to stop dwelling on bad thoughts, the lies and the immoral stuff, or just the worthless stuff that seems to consume my mind sometimes. So, all right, when do those thoughts tend to attack me? When am I most prone to get full of all that worthless, negative thinking, the lies about myself, or the stuff that I know I shouldn't be thinking, or the stuff that, why in the world do I think about that stuff? When does that tend to happen, and how can I avoid that next time? How can I be sure that I'm filling my thoughts with true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy things instead. So see, you didn't need a fancy tip because this isn't rocket science, is it? And we get this in every other phase of our life. <laughs> so it's time... We just say, just do it. In fact, why don't we all say that together? Just do it. One more time for good measure, because I think you can say it louder with some conviction this time. Just do it. All right. See, aren't you glad you came today? And then you have this little note card in your bulletin and it says, just do it on the back so you can put that on your mirror this week and it can annoy you all week long. <laughs> Maybe it'll annoy us until we get busy doing it. I don't mean to oversimplify this. And I know that it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of things in my life besides just my faith that I intend to do and I sometimes lack the discipline to do it. I intend to exercise more than I do or to cut back more than I do. <laughs> I intend to see the scale going one way and it goes the other way. You know, there's, there's things that we intend to do and, and sometimes we don't. And you know, 
God understands that about us. Goodness, he understands it about us because he's been watching us for a few thousand years and we're not much different than the other folks that came before us and they all seem to struggle with it too when you read about them. And so he offers us his Holy Spirit. And so we can pray to him and ask him to help us. But on some level or another, we do have to stop just talking about this stuff and get down to doing it, don't we? So be attentive to what God is saying to you through his word, through encounters with other believers, through just about any situation that he might use to get your attention. Be aware of areas in your life where you know you're not doing quite as you ought to. And instead of just living in self-pity about that or throwing up your hands in disgust or just sending a prayer up. Take a moment to think about it. Ask yourself, what's it going to take for me to actually do this? What's that going to look like? And then set out to just do it. I believe when we do that, Holy Spirit be quick to help us. (laughs) This is completely off subject, but I just keep getting distracted by these little ants that keep crawling around on my podium here. I've killed about three of them now, so (laughs) I better wrap this thing up before they get me. (laughs) Somebody planted these ants, didn't they? Hey, we can get out a little early today. What's the first game today? The Saints playing the first game? Is that what... Someone's up to here. (laughs) Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the many ways that you've imparted that truth to us. And Lord, we apologize. Each and every one of us here can think of times where We didn't do what we knew we ought to do. We didn't do what we knew better (laughs) that we should do. So Lord, (laughs) Holy Spirit, we need your help. Help us determine to just do it. To start putting forth the effort to do the things that we learn about in your word that we're convicted about by your spirit and Lord we just trust that your Holy Spirit will come alongside and help us because goodness knows Lord we can't do it on our own without your help but if we'll make a bit of effort God you promise to come alongside us so that's our prayer this morning Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.